We are live! West Coast Sports Junkies from our studios in New Westminster, South Surrey, and Burnaby from beautiful British Columbia. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at West Coast Sport 9. If you have any suggestions, questions, or just want to get into it with us, Ty, Mike, and myself are always here to interact. Reach out to us by email at westcoastsportsjunkies at gmail.com. We are also now on Instagram at west underscore coast underscore sports underscore junkies. Follow us there. West Coast style. Ready to talk sports, beer, and everything between. Here we go! Mario Mandzukic pounced and England are hot! Touchdown Seahawks! We got a lot to get into tonight. We've got our drink introductions by Mike. We've got the recaps and the updates from the world of sports by Ty. We're going to go in a little bit into the uh, shots that Ty owed from last week. Uh, yeah, yeah, real, real good bet, Ty. Real good bet. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll also get into the Canucks update. Uh, Michael Peter has a couple of uh, UFC updates. Russell Watch. And we have a special guest tonight. So I'll start with what I'm drinking tonight. And tonight we've got a Palm Bay Zero Tangerine Mist. What do you got, Mike? All right. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. I'm going with the uh, the Flying Dutchman. It's a mosaic IPA from Ravens Brewing Company in Abbotsford, B.C., it's a, it's a hoppier beer, but it's good for for a couple for sure. Ty, what you got going on tonight, buddy? Well, it's good to see you guys as well. Uh, another episode here in the West Coast Sports Junkies. I'm drinking a Red Pilsner from Steel and Oak. It's a local brewery here in New Westminster, right across the overpass from the New West Key. Um. It's it's a it's a nice beer, something I could drink probably two or three of. It's also a little hoppy, uh, but it's one of my favorites from them. And yeah, you guys should definitely check. They have a new patio set up. Uh, it got set up around the start of of COVID, I believe. But uh, there's always a lineup. It can be five below zero, and there's always a line to to get a beer there. So it's a fun place. Is and it? They got uh, great beer. Is it COVID friendly? Very COVID friendly. Social distancing, yes, the works. Steel and Oak is one of my one of my favorite uh, breweries of all time, man. It's they got some good stuff there. My favorite is that um, the simple things. It's a super easy drinking uh, uh, beer they have there. I always have a few in my fridge, but yeah, it's awesome. So Ty, I think you owe a couple shots, buddy, from last week. Oh. You had a guaranteed pick. What are you shooting tonight, my man? Well. While we're going to get into into the shots, I might as well tell everybody 
I'm sure you guys remember. I, I, I placed a few bets last episode. I went 0 for 6. It's not my best work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all go through one of these these bad runs. That's actually of- tough to do, man. If this was Kino, I think you'd win 100 grand. I mean, you know, there's when you're betting, you, you go through some of these runs. Like, I bet pretty much every day. I usually do pretty good. So you're going to have a, a bad night here and there. But the UFC, uh, I had a, f- a few few tough tough losses there. Mike, you're going to get into it and break it all down for us, so I won't give too much away now. But but as Chris was saying, the big bet we had was a 2-1 to one odds shot bet. Obviously, I had the Leafs to beat the Canucks, who were 2-1 to one favorites. Uh, so, so I'm going to honor that that bet like I said I would on air. I'm drinking some some mezcal. It's I think of it as like a smoky peaty tequila. Um, it's great. It's great. I I enjoy peaty whiskeys and scotches. So this is that that flavor of of like that kind of tequila. So let's do the first one here. Cheers to you guys and to all our listeners. Cheers. Cheers, Ty. It's so great, eh? Are you going to be able to do the second one right away? <laughs> Just give me a, give me, give me a second here. This might make me a little more entertaining on the show tonight. So, uh, you know what, <clears throat> Mike? Why don't you get into the UFC a little bit while I recover from my first shot there? Sure, man. So, Ooh. this past Saturday we had UFC 259 go down. And uh, right off the bat, the first thing that I want to talk about is seeing Joe Rogan back in action, calling the fights. It's been a while. I, well, it feels like it's been a while since I heard his voice. And uh, definitely something that, like, the UFC misses, for sure, when they were doing those uh, those UFC on, on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great to hear Rogan back out there. What a difference. Yeah. And he just, just, yeah, the calls and the interviews after, they were great. Um, so in this in this UFC, it was uh, there was big hype going into it. I was pumped for it. We had uh, Israel Adesanya fighting Blockowitz for the he was stepping up in weight to to fight for the the light heavyweight championship. He is the current middleweight champion, and uh, didn't go as planned. Everyone sort of fell in love with the story that Izzy was going to come in, win this fight, and then move on to have a super fight against John Jones. It just didn't happen. I mean, he. I think the, the biggest factor of the fight was was block. It was a close fight, but uh, um, yeah. Blockowitz took him down a couple times in the last couple of rounds, which basically solidified him the uh, the unanimous decision victory. Yeah, and I, uh, I yeah, felt like it was it was a really close fight up until the uh, yeah the championship rounds. Like you said, he just kind of took him down and took over. I felt like the size that we thought wouldn't be that big of an issue really really changed that fight in the later rounds. It was, man. It is tougher going up and fighting. I mean, I've seen it before. It's tougher going up and fighting the bigger man. You saw it with Conor McGregor and Diaz. Um, yeah. And then he's he's going up and he's fighting not just like an, another top, uh, you know, another guy in the light heavyweight division. He's fighting the champion, right? So you're fighting the best of the best in a, in a higher higher weight class, which we all sort of look past because we, we fall in love with the story, right? And the storyline going into it was he'd eventually fight John Jones. Yeah. But uh, I don't think, you know, him losing this fight, like he said in his post-fight interview with, with Joe Rogan, you know, he was daring to be great. And uh, he he doesn't feel like he's lost an ounce of, uh, you know, credibility to his name. And I don't think he has either. I think uh, he's going to go back down to middleweight and dominate the way he has for the last couple of years. And, 
he's going to be unstoppable down there. I don't think this is just, this is just a little speed bump in his uh, career. No one's going to remember him as the guy that didn't, you know, capture the two belts. So yep. we had that fight. Um, and, and I would say also he looks slower maybe because of the weight gain, but he looks slower than he usually does. Yeah. Well, but, like uh, you said, he's never fought there. He went up. So uh, yeah. I definitely think it'll put talks of the, the super fight on hold a little bit. It took a little bit away from it mm-hmm. um, about him fighting John Jones. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a quite yeah. in, in the in the cards anymore. I don't think they're going to bring it up at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's just going to go back down to middleweight and do his thing. That's, yeah. uh, that's it. I was I was thinking about it too. Remember when when uh, like Anderson Silva was the is the king at middleweight, right? Always has been. Yeah. And he went up to fight Forrest Griffin in the light heavyweight, and he dominated there. But he didn't go and never challenge for the belt in the light heavyweight. Is that's that right. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyways, true. Something I was thinking about, you know, the other day, where I was like, "Why wouldn't he have?" Especially after that performance against Forrest Griffin, who who was the the former champ, right? Yeah, and at that time, he was still like a really good fighter and pretty relevant in the division too. Yeah, totally. But uh, that was the that was the main event of the evening. The the co-main event was Amanda Nunez, and again, Amanda Nunez in dominating fashion just made, you know, with no effort, took out uh, in an armbar, took out uh, uh, her opponent. And um, yeah, I mean, this girl is is the is the two weight champion. She's beaten everybody in the game. Like I, I I have no idea who she can even what the, what the next fight is for her. What's the next move is for her? Have you guys had any thought about this? Like, what's she gonna do? Go down two weight classes to fight uh, for that belt? Yeah, man. I don't know. Like you said, she's she's up in goat status now, right? Like there hasn't been a more dominant champ. Well. There's a few that have gone on the same kind of runs, but definitely in the women's division. Like, I don't, I don't know who she could fight next. I mean, she kind of holds all the cards the way she's dominated. She can just kind of pick and choose who would be willing to step up to her. Cause no one's been able to do the job. Yeah. I, I mean, mean you- I mean, if I was an upcoming female fighter, I would not want to fight her at all. No, no, if it, no, yeah. No female or male would want to fight her, man. She is a, is a tough cookie, but the only one I can see, the only one that, that I hear people chatting about is uh, is that Valentina Shevchenko, who um, she's already fought twice. And um, yeah. she's already fought twice and beat both times. The last time they fought, I believe it was like 2016 or 2017. It was a few years back, and it was a split decision. So it was a close fight. That's the only one I can see her wanting to, like, you know, go back and, and, and just stamp it and be, like, done with that, you know? Yeah. Other than that, really nothing else. Um, you, sent, you sent that graphic where it showed her kind of her rise to the top, and she fought, what was it, Julie Budd earlier Julia, in her career? Yeah, Julia Budd, the local uh, girl yeah. fighting out of Gibson. Is, yeah. is she the champ in Bellator right now? Or was she? No, she was the champ. Yeah, she was the champ for a while at Bellator, and she lost – I want to say about a year ago she lost. I can't remember the champ's name. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. follow Bellator too much, but I remember she was. But it'd yeah. be. I wonder how long. I haven't looked into her contract or anything, but it'd be kind of cool. They both come full circle from when they first fought back in the back in the day. Well, it would be she, super cool just because she's local and we want. I want to see it. But yeah. she made. I mean, Amanda Nunez. I think. I think it was a short record. record her too, right? she, she knocked her out. And I think it was a, a record. Yeah. It was like 14 seconds or something like that. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy stats. This, this girl's got, but yeah, super fun to see. And I, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens next with, uh, with Amanda Nunez. 
Um, a couple other fights. We had Peter Yan disqualified from an illegal knee. Um, no question about it. It was an illegal knee. Uh, he was definitely winning the fight, I would say. Yeah, that was and, the worst uh, part about it. I had money on him, obviously. Same here. Jesus. One of my but six what losses. Can you do, right? That one. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> You're not going to be, you don't, we won't feel too bad, Ty. I went, uh, I think I went one for five that night. I didn't bet the Canucks the Canuck game just because you were so so adamant that the Leafs were going to win it, and I I I wanted you to, I wanted the Canucks <laughs> to win, so yeah, I didn't bet that. But um, so uh, and then Dominic Cruz he wins. He was surprising, probably the most surprising of the night was Dominic Cruz. How he 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 just his he hasn't lost it. He's still got that cardio and he can go. And he won a split decision over Case Kenny, and uh, he looked better than I thought he was going to look. And the only Same ticket here. I cashed. Yeah, the only ticket I cashed of the night was uh, Askar Askarov. He beat uh, Joseph Benavidez, and I I thought my my theory going to it was Joseph Benavidez is kind of old and sort of done with, and this Askarov hasn't been beaten in UFC. Yeah, that and was I a good bet, would... and that was a super close fight too, like odds wise. It's it was, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he dominated a fight. It was unanimous decision win. Yeah, that's it for the UFC. There's some big fights coming up that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, um yeah do you want ty do you want to go into uh did you do your second shot yet <laughs> oh i was hoping you guys forgot about that um well let me talk a little bit about uh the pga this past weekend down at bay hill in orlando before i get into my shot um just give you guys a little recap of that and then i'll, I'll turn it over to to chris and mike while i struggle through my second shot so <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau put on a show down there. It was amazing. Did you guys see that? No. He was hitting hitting some bombs. Oh, man. So he picked up his eighth career PGA Tour victory. Uh, it launched him up into first place in the FedEx Cup standings. And he'd been struggling up until uh, this weekend overall. Like his his style, like gaining all that weight, the long drives, just when he tees off, it looks like I don't I don't know he's getting ready to do like a, a crazy deadlift or something, the way his breathing is and everything before he hits a tee shot. It's just it's incredible to watch. I think he his longest drive was three hundred and seventy seven yards. It was what what hole is that absolutely in that that when he goes over the lake. Yeah, it was uh it's on the I can't remember the hole. It was on the back nine, it's a par five. And that's definitely that's a Palmer yeah. design course, right? It's yep. his course. And so they have that's where we, when we go play down in Semiami or in the States, when we do our Birch Bay Invitational, yeah. they have that Arnold Palmer design course just around that water, just like that. You know? I love I've lost, I've lost about 20 courses. balls in that stupid well, hole. Where we're playing this weekend out at Northview in Surrey is Arnold Palmer design. Oh, yeah. Again, another, of the another course I lose a lot of balls at. Yeah, but a lot a lot of people aren't really well, buying into his his whole new uh the way he's attacking the golf courses like a lot of the old school golf guys aren't fans of his you know just try to smash the ball down wherever it is and have short second shots like from wherever they are because he, he doesn't he's not necessarily accurate with that big drive but i think it's great for golf like i saw i saw that that hole we're talking about they actually had limited fans out there which is great to see again and they were just going absolutely nuts it reminded me i don't know if you guys have ever seen a long drive competition on tsn or on golf channel it, it yeah, had that whole it. yeah it had that whole vibe to it like yeah, it's only you had uh, mcelroy on sunday trying to 
to it was windy too really windy yeah. on, on sunday and he mm-hmm. was trying to, to do the same thing cross that lake and put one in the drink try to do it again and he even put everything he had into it you could tell and yep. second one into the drink no i know end, that was the end of his round but yeah and he's been doing that a lot on sundays he can't get he's always been in contention uh it seems like the last few years and he just can't get it done on sunday uh, but another cool story with that tournament, uh, Lee Westwood, 47-year-old in the final group, the complete opposite style of Bryson, which was, was almost like uh, David versus Goliath. You know, West, Westwood's an older guy. He hits the ball a long way, but he's more the the traditional hit fairways and and attack the pins where Bryson's just hit it as far as I can and try to capitalize on some shorter second iron shots. Totally, man. Yeah, it was good to see him up there. And you know what? It was, it was, I was pumped to see Corey Connors up in the mix too. For the, sure. The lone Canadian boy. He was leading, I think, going into round three. And then he was like yes. top two, two, I think he was in third going into Sunday. And he finished up the top up around there anyway. So that was good to see. Really good showing for him. Uh, yeah. What was disappointing with that tournament is Ricky Fowler again. Oh, Guy man, just is in a free fall. He, uh, he actually made the cut, which he hasn't been doing a lot lately, but he finished down near the bottom of anyone that that made the cut that weekend what is it have you heard anything any stories like he's got some pain does he have no it hasn't been any injury i heard he fired his well he switched up his caddy he's he fired his swing coach he's he's trying to mix things up and get back into it but uh, what gives me hope for him is you look at jordan speed right he hasn't been hurt for two years he kind of was it seems like battling similar things I don't know if it's confidence or swing issues or what, but it's good to see Spieth back in the mix. So they're close friends. Hopefully Spieth can give him a few tips to uh, get him relevant again. Bring him back into the mix. But uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Let's keep on schedule here. We got, uh, you got a, you always shot. So let's finish up your shot. I'm going to kick it back over to Govic. Oh, thanks for reminding uh, me here. All right. I'm going to do my shot. Yeah, I want to. I, hold on, I, I need to. I need to hear him take this shot. This is, this is very important to me. Don't you love it when someone calls like like guarantee picks against yeah. your team? Yeah, and loses. That's the best. Oh, it's my it's... team too, but you know, I, I, I oh. taking you one for on the, the team. last on the last podcast. You were saying you got to stop betting with your heart, man. Hell no, hell no. <laughs> All right, okay, do it, well, do it, do it. All right. Cheers, everybody, again. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, Ooh. that, 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 uh, that looked Ooh. good. That looked really good. Oh. <laughs> Birds. Birds. For, those of you, for those of you that are wondering, he's grabbing his chest. It's just one, one of those reactions when it's strong. All right. It's a party oh. on a Wednesday night. It sure is. All right, well, World of the Canucks. Well, they had a good week, gotta say. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They <laughs> beat the Leafs as as Ty is uh, paying for his <laughs> paying for his sins right now. Uh, beat the Leafs Leafs twice. Uh, the fr- the first game was was an excellent game. I thought it was uh, it was a team game. Everybody came together. They they got the win. The second game was a comeback victory in the third period. Really good. Uh, I mean, you know, last week we were talking about firing the coach. This week, uh, I don't know if I can say that. Dude, they've been rolling, man. These last three games. Those two games, they beat the number one team in the league 
and and played amazing. And then the last game, I'm sure you'll get into that too. Oh, the last game. Okay, the comeback of Burroughs. Now Burroughs, Burroughs is a fan favorite, obviously, in, in this town. He slayed the dragon. He was the guy. Coming back as a coach, as an assistant coach, actually, I, felt, I saw something funny on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember who uh, who who tweeted that, but uh, Corey Perry. Corey Perry on the bench. Did you ever think that Burroughs was going to be your coach? <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that was gold. That was gold. Awesome. I saw a pretty cool stat about Burroughs since he's been back. The first thing that they did was they put him in charge of the power play. Mm. And uh, I think it was maybe an article I read today. They put him in charge of the power play. And it's something he was never really on Vancouver, not the first power play unit, yep. and the second one, I think. And he said he always sit in, he'd always sit in on the meet in the meetings, and so he sort of you know got this plan together, and and you know it could be luck, who knows? But right now the Montreal's got the number one power play in the league since he's been been the assistant coach. It's unbelievable, crazy. yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he really was he was a staple. He was a, he was the third Sedin, right? Who would have yeah. thought that after you know they went through who'd they go through? They went through Trent Clatt was the first one then they had anson carter then they had a couple of stop signs uh yeah verbata one good year i think yeah 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 and then you throw burrows into there and and who who would have thought that but i mean that was the thing a lot of those guys had the one good year and then they wanted a lot more money right obviously obviously yeah and obviously the gm's like well no you're playing with the sedines i could get 30 goals or whatever right yeah i mean they go they they go to other teams, they do nothing. Yeah, Anson Carter is a prime example. He went to Columbus, he signed a huge deal, and he just kind of fizzled out. Really, yeah, really good, good, really good with the Canucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little harder team when you them. don't have the Sedins passing you the puck, eh? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> uh, I remember Ron Geeney. Remember Ron Geeney? He said uh, a stop sign could score 30 goals with the Canucks. So I think exactly. it was, or, or sorry, with the Sedins. With the Sedins, yeah. Yeah, I thought that that was, that was yeah. always good. I always say that one. Um, but Burroughs, you know, he just, he completed that line. I thought it was great. I think it's great to see him in the league. Oh, I'm he, so happy for him. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, I got, I, I, I know he, he did his time too, as an assistant coach in the AHL and all that stuff. So good for him. Shout out to him. Awesome. Um, however, his team did lose to the Canucks with a late third period goal by Adam Goddad. It was a nice goal. Uh, goalie pulled. I mean, it was it was a it, it was an awesome game. Like it, it was a one nothing game the whole game. How good was the last six minutes of that game? Oh man, and the overtime. Yeah, see, the, oh, it's, overtime I mean, the overtime was unreal. And the, the oh last man, of the game. Besser was all over the ice. It was unreal. We should have finished I, it there. And over, Besser had that wide open net. What a play! Yeah, he got through everyone. What a play was and around then what the a net, save by fakes the, the what, what a save by BC boy from Anaheim Lake. Mr. Yep. Carey Price. Wow, what a save that was. Just an unbelievable yeah, so, save. So that's uh, three in a row for the Canucks. Three in a row. Demko looking like bubble Demko again. Number one star in the league for last week. Star of the week, number one. Only behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle. Hey, is that a uh, testament to the North uh, Division? The three stars of the league. They're all in the North Division. Uh, they're all actually Western Canadian as well. Hmm. Yeah, repping repping the North Division for sure in the NHL. I mean, you can't blame them for picking for picking uh, McDavid and Drysaddle. I mean, they're they're putting on a clinic tonight against Ottawa. Poor Ottawa. Seven yeah, they're, they're they're both on a tear. Those guys. Oh man.
So another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Mr. Mike, Mr. Mikey at the MIG calls out uh, Mr. Miller and uh, works. Can't believe that. That's right. What I say he needed to do, he needed to get out there and he had to get some points, some stats, three points on the game on Saturday night against the Leafs. And then he's, uh, he's turning around a bit. So that that's good to see. For sure. Hey, maybe they're starting to listen to the podcast, guys. It seems like yeah. since we've yeah, the started West, this, they've the really Coast turned the is corner. Representing, hey? Yeah, well, they, they weren't listening to you, or maybe they, they heard our complaints. As, no, they used your as your, motivation. Yeah, yeah, oh, they want to prove Ty Ty wrong. Yeah, That's yeah, they, they put do. that they put that Tiz dot guy on the bulletin board saying guaranteed win for the Leafs. We're gonna yeah. make this guy drink tonight. So absolutely, yeah. took yeah, one no, for the team. I'll, I'll do it again. So. Here's the thing. Now they're on a they're on a four game win streak. They play tonight at eight o'clock, which is weird. Uh, that's three game, weird... isn't it? Or sorry, uh, no, isn't it four? I think it's three. Mm. They beat the Leafs twice, and then uh, Montreal, wasn't it? Yeah. So this is we're going for our fourth straight win. This is our okay. fourth game tonight. Okay, my apologies. So this will be the fourth game. So, uh, what, uh, not that far out of a playoff spot, which is crazy compared to, you know, when you look at the, the amount of losing they've done. Oh man. Like this is, this is, uh, this is something to be thought, you know, I I don't know this, this season, I heard a couple different versions of, uh, what could happen. And there's some people back East that are talking about the Canucks saying, Hey guys, this season isn't over yet. They're they've got a just as good of a chance as, as anyone else in the uh, North division to make the playoffs. So definitely saying that though, they do, it's going to be a tough road for them still because they have played a lot more games than a lot of the the teams around us. Right. This is is true. This is games in hand, but it's, it's nice to be back in the mix and, and talking about potential playoff hockey again. Right. Considering where we were two weeks ago, I'll take it. Oh, it was fire everyone, fire Aquilini, fire everyone. It was it was crazy what was what was being said in this town. But now that they're on the uh, they're on the right track, I mean, there are going to be some interesting games. We, we're all going to watch. I'm going to watch religiously just to see what happens. And they are fun to watch. They're a lot better to watch than a lot of Canuck teams, you know, like uh, who did I think of to Archer Zerbe? Remember when we had Archer Zerbe in that? They were not <laughs> very good. So. Yes. <laughs> that is for sure. This is a fun team to watch. Yeah, this is this is a lot better. Yeah, and, and they've done just, us all without Petty. Yeah, Peterson. which is which is insane. He's so apparently Pedersen. Pedersen. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's impressive considering we're without our best player, but you know, everyone kind of rallied around each other and, and stepped up. Yeah, that's what you need. The void. Yeah, I think Comic- uh I think he once he back, he, they said another week, right? Nobody knows what it is, upper body injury, blah blah blah. Yeah, I've at heard le- at least rumors of COVID, but I don't think it's COVID because they would put him on the COVID list, right? So Yeah. Yeah. That was what it is, man. Um so just just so um we can get this moving a bit here, we got Dan our friend that uh, wants to come on. I'm sure he's going to want to talk football. He's going to want to talk hockey. I'll do a real quick uh, Seahawks update and then let's get Dan on. And I'm sure we'll have the game on the background. We can keep on chatting. Uh, Canucks, is that cool? Let's do it. Okay. Sounds so that was super exciting. That happened today was Ty sent me the email from uh, the Seahawks to renew our season tickets. And Ba-boom. so we did, uh, we, ha- we did obviously, and we're super pumped. Obviously last year we weren't able to go down at all to see any of the games because of COVID. 
and we are super stoked and super uh, i'm i'm uh i'm uh optimistic that we're gonna get down there this year and get to get to witness the, the team for sure fingers I'm, crossed I'm, I'm buddy playing. yeah well i don't know i don't know if i share your optimism but go but ahead we're not going to do it if it's you know if it's stupid we're not going to take any unnecessary risks we'll uh we'll give the tickets away oh, maybe we'll give the tickets away to a fan lucky fan on this uh that listens to our podcast that'd be cool um so yeah we renewed our season tickets down in seattle super stoked for that uh not too much has happened this week a couple of little news news uh blips happened uh the seahawks released carlos dunlap and he was uh, basically our, our most productive pass rusher other than yep. um, than Jamal Adams this past year, uh, saving $14 million in cap space. Uh, I don't really have much to comment on that. The uh, second thing that happened is uh, we did not franchise tag Chris Carson. So he's up for free agency, which me and Ty, are, we, don't, we don't see eye to eye on this. I like the move. I like Penny. That's who I like, and that's who I hope we go with. That's who I, I heard that they're leaning towards going with. And that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's, that was that made me happy. What about you, Ty? How did you feel about that one? I, I, I'm okay with the Seahawks not franchise tagging him because I think he's going to get a pretty big payday, which I don't think we need to pay him. Running backs are fairly easy to find, especially, uh, you know, we have a good run game system, our blocking. Well, if you run had a good has always line. been a good thing. Our run blocking has always been pretty good. Um, it's our pass blocking that has been the issue, right? With with Russ. But I just love Carson's running style. Hard nosed runner, puts his head down. And the one thing he like, I like Penny too, but the guy can't stay healthy. Carson's battled some injuries too, but he's been a lot more durable than Penny. But to your question, I'm I'm okay with them not franchise tagging him. But if he can, if we can bring him back after he tests free agency at a, a reasonable price, I'd be all for it. What is the latest on Russell Wilson, Michael? Yeah, to be honest, nothing has changed too much. I haven't heard really anything uh, from Russell Wilson. I've seen a few tweets and and uh, photos of him just focused on, on on grinding it out and working out and stuff like that. Um, there's been no news articles on he's demanding this or having fights with, with these guys. Nothing really from the Seahawks either. I've seen a lot of things from the C- from Seahawks fans saying like Russ is our guy and all these stats of like he's number one in passing, number yeah. one in this, blah blah blah. But nothing much. I saw I saw that that news article I sent to you guys from uh, Michael Brockers, the defensive the defensive lineman from the Rams, and he was saying you kind of cross your fingers a little bit when you hear things like this. You hope whatever you hear is true out there, so you don't have to chase him around for chase him around twice a twice a year, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, no, man. There's nothing got, really new to I got to, one yeah. interesting little tidbit. Uh, it's kind of a read into it what you will. But the uh, the Seahawks send out a, a letter, right? Just an update of, you know, what's going on for next season, trying to get people to renew. It's like their season ticket renewal letter. So they didn't mention Russell Wilson at all in the letter. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but did, did they send that that letter to you? You, yeah, manage our, got, you, you manage our ticket. So did you did yes. you get that? I haven't got it yet because the people in Washington State just got it like yesterday. So obviously our mail takes a little longer to get up from Seattle. Oh, it's a physical letter. Physical letter a, that's being mailed. A, exactly. Uh, oh, it's yeah. not an email? It's a physical letter. Physical wow. letter. Yeah. Wow. So so a, a guy that got it in Washington State, obviously, he tweeted the picture of the letter. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
all the news outlets uh, got a hold of that and <laughs> obviously read it and said, oh, you know, there's mention of DK, Tyler Lockett, the new def- uh, new offensive coordinator, but uh, no mention of Russ at all mm. in that, in that Interesting. letter. Interesting. Just before this podcast, I sent you guys, a friend of mine sent me a little clip that, or some kind of some news article saying that um, that Colin Kaepernick could be the Seahawks quarterback next year if Russell Wilson were to leave, <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was funny because I don't see that happening in, in any I, way. But. I I don't either. I mean, he's been out of the league for too long. I think he could still play. He's a great athlete, but three years out of the league, that's you can't just walk back into it and control a, an NFL offense. I don't, it would that, actually, but. it would be cool to see him come back and be like Russell Wilson's backup just for oh. like a publicity stunt, you know, well, that's um, he, in 2017. He actually got a workout from the Seahawks for that potential job. And yeah. the, the Seahawks said they couldn't work it out money wise. They're, they were a little off uh, with his camp in terms of what he wanted to make as a backup to Russ. So it didn't happen, but yeah. Well, Interesting. It's a shame. <clears throat> Anyways, okay, guys, that's basically all we have to report on the Seahawks front. Let's bring on our uh, our guest, our first guest of the show, Daniel Fernandez. Let's get into it. Well, before we get into the next segment, I'm just going to do my quick shot of uh, Orachovats here. I, I, I feel a little bit bad for Ty. I know he uh, pretty much, uh, you know, turtled after those two shots. We had to talk for him. Um, so I'm going to do one right now and prove to you that I can speak right after I do this. Well, shot, you're drinking so. wine. I drink tequila. It's Orachovats. It's not wine. Looks it's, like fucking uh, wine to me. What is that? 20%? No, it, uh, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm gonna crack another, I'll crack another okay, beer. Okay, okay. I'm not enough. doing shots tonight. So it's, a, it's what Orachovats is. is it's uh, basically a plum brandy. It's Croatian, of course. And it's infused with walnuts. So let me just take this quickly. I definitely can't drink that. Oh, that was smooth. That was oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you look, yeah, you took it like a champ there. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Oh, see, I'm talking, aren't I? I'm not crying. Oh, there's my Bombay. You're, <laughs> You're lucky they can't see the video. <laughs> Let me take that right now. Hold on. Zero cow. No wonder why you're so upset today, Chris. Oh, I'm not upset. Okay. Okay. Welcoming our first guest ever on the West Coast Sports Junkies podcast. Mr. Daniel Fernandez, who shows up at weddings wearing helmets while also wearing his Luongo C jersey. Yeah, man, I'm super pumped to have him on here, Daniel Fernandez. He's the only guy that I got to share the 2010 Golden Goal with at my mom's house in the basement. And he's the only guy that I know that is an avid golfer, plays weekly, multiple times a week, and has never improved one stroke of his game. Yeah, Dan, it's uh, great to finally get you on the podcast You've been a close friend of ours for years. You're a big-time sports fan, former competitive soccer player in Burnaby and Vancouver, a 27 handicap avid golfer, and That's, the 2019 Birch Bay Invitational Champion. Dan, how's it going tonight? Very good, guys. Uh, thank you very much for having me on this podcast, uh, West Coast Sports Junkies. Uh, yes, first time on a po- podcast. Uh, what you guys are doing, it looks awesome. It sounds awesome. And 
I'm glad to have the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, you guys had, you know, obviously some good points, uh, some good memories of our, our, our years of uh, knowing each other, but a little bit more. Um, yeah, I grew up playing soccer from a young age all the way till about 30 in Burnaby and Vancouver. Um, towards the end of my career, I started getting into coaching um, until the pandemic pretty much shut down uh, most of the sports events. Um, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I cheer the Patriots as well the as goat. the Buccaneers. <laughs> the goat. Um, Canucks, you know, I'm, I think I'm a, like most Vancouverites, I follow them when they're winning. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, More about that point later. Oh, <laughs> uh, Roberto <laughs> Luongo was, you know, my favorite player. And uh, in terms of golf, yes, I am an enthusiast, uh, but I'm probably better at looking good in loudmouth gear than on my scorecard. So, <laughs> that is true. Uh, and I, I was going to jump in here real quick because something is really eating at me. And we, Ty said that you're the Birch Bay champion. We got we to gotta tell everyone that that's a handicapped uh, tournament there. And we give you like a 200 handicap or something ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, you did win that. But and yeah, he does look better than his game. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you're more of a, a social golfer, I would say. Yeah, you know, I'm more out there for uh, hanging with you guys, uh, having the, some beers, having some beers. You know, I've always and anyone knows that a good day on the golf course meet. Or sorry, a bad day on the golf course. It's a good day at, in the office any day. And I uh, you know what? I could say that about fishing too. Speaking <laughs> of true, which, yeah. um, you know, Mr. Dan is, he's a, he's a competitive uh, fisherman when we go fishing too. When he's not hanging off the side, puking his lungs out uh, or sleeping in the cabin. <laughs> I got to say when, when the waves get a little rough. So, so Dan, just, just so you, I mean, I'm sure you, you followed all of us, our West Coast Sports Junkies podcast that we started up here. We're more into like hockey and football is basically where we sort of, uh, we, we run around. Obviously, uh, the Canucks and the Seahawks, you know, Ty and I and, and Chris, big fans. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's your teams? What's, what teams you follow in hockey and football? Actually, hold on. Can I, can, I, can I pause you guys for a second first? We forgot a very important question for Dan before we kick this off. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? What am I drinking? Oh, okay. Well, since yes, it's Thursday it's and it's almost the end of the week, I'm already upgraded to gin and tonic. Normally well, in the beginning of the it's week. Wednesday. Dad, it's Wednesday, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was waiting so long for you guys to come like, on the show here. I lost track of the days. It's only Wednesday. I thought I'd be on here a lot sooner in the week, but you know, okay, sorry. It's Wednesday. Damn, it's oh, going to be a long weekend. I thought, uh, I thought it was already Thursday. So, any, regardless, um, it's going to be a wet week. brain. Wet brain. Sorry. <laughs> and, go uh, on. He's, he's always been drink. drinking, waiting for us, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, sorry. What do you have in there? Gin and tonic? <laughs> gin and tonic. Yes, sir. Okay, right on. Not too much of a beer drinker. I can handle maybe one or two. So, it's normally. Yeah. That's another thing I've noticed about you knowing you over the years, my friend. But uh, it's good because I'm a beer drinker. And when you come out and there's only beer, there's more for me. More for you. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. What, uh, what are your teams, man? What, uh, who are we sporting these days? Well, uh, again, I've been a Patriots fan for a long time. Uh, huge Tom Brady fan. 
Um, I know you guys are rolling your eyes a little bit and, uh, you know, hearing about the bandwagon and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, I've always loved the Patriots uh, and Vancouver Canucks, hometown team. Um, so let's get into it right off the bat then. What did you think about this year, Tom Brady, his, his performance? What, what, what would you – what would you – well, I mean, I think, think it was just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, you have someone who probably most quarterbacks are done five years ago, and he's playing at, you know, 43. Um, comes to a brand-new team, um, brand-new city, and takes them to the Super Bowl. I mean, he probably had a better team, a better system, a better coach, but, uh, what everyone's been saying for years. But uh, someone has to still catch the ball. Someone has to block. Someone has to run. And I don't believe the Patriots, you know, were giving him the best uh, team in front of him. Hey, this, is, this is one thing that, that Ty has said to me that I said on this podcast. I don't want to keep on, like, repeating myself. So let's just get it out today and be done with this. Mm-hmm. But I say Tom Brady's the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time to play, play, play quarterback in the game of football. And it's because of his ability – to elevate everyone else's play on their field. 100%. I, I, what do you think of that? 100% agree with you on that. Look at the team, the players that he's had. I think if you would name off LeGarrette Blunt, released by a team. Amon uh, Mandola, released by a team. You know, all his players, that the defensive players, you know, they've never had high draft picks. Yeah, you're right. The way that he trains, the way that he prepares. It's his, his leadership or something, right? It's just like uh, something that he has that's different than us. The others have a bit of it, but yeah. they don't have it to his extent. You know no, what I he, mean? He, he takes the players around him and channels that energy and makes everyone better. And I can inclu- see, I can including see the coach, including the coach. Ty is is squirming in his chair. I can I can feel it, but it's true. And you guys notice me being very quiet about this. I see him being oh, very man. agitated over there. Oh, I see him spinning around in his chair. Now, what I'm telling you, Ty, is is and we've brought this up before. Um, if it's not Brady, who? Oh yeah, his his record you... his record speaks for itself. However, there's a lot of other factors at play here that don't get talked about. It's not just Brady, 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 Brady. I mean, he's had a top 10 or top five most years defense his whole career. Okay. Playing in the AFC East, the yeah, worst that, division you, in but, football. It's not his fault, it, but I'm just telling you, there's there's factors here. Uh, he's got arguably the greatest coach, okay, but the, thing, the GOAT, Bill Belichick, coaching. He proved that wrong this him. year. No, he didn't. Brady let, left, let me, left no, a sinking he ship. He did. He proved no, that. Brady left a sinking ship. Okay. He didn't have to leave. He could have stayed. You know what? Dan was the saying pa- the pads, they didn't have the, the same no, weapons. No. They were in salary cap trouble because mm. what they've done is they've tried to stay relevant and compete for years with Brady, and they have done that. But he was like, okay, well, I'm not going to win here. He got bounced in the wild card round for the first time in his career. He had to play at in the home. wild card round. At home. At home for the first time in his career. Was um, Dan there? As, <laughs> I can explain as a Patriot fan, that would home. leave – I understand Patriot fans that are like, okay, well, it got to the playoffs. Like, okay, who are you going to cheer for? Sure, let's cheer for Brady. But that would leave a sour taste in my mouth. Having hey, my QB year- jump ship, because you know your team's going downhill, and go to a team that the only thing they were honestly missing 
was a quarterback. They went eight and eight with Jameis Winston, who's fucking threw the ball, turned well, the ball he, over. Gronk was a pretty good addition too. He got two touchdowns in that Super Bowl. Okay, that was his coming out party. Gronk, yeah, Gronk, the whole Gronk year. Was a... That was the one highlight in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, he, a pretty good one. Him in fantasy one. in the first six weeks, he was drafted. You know, but in, to me, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I, to me, second week. Okay, back to this question though. Here, to me, I was, I was, I was going with my it, point. You guys it, had your, you guys had the floor, and we heard your your Brady love fest there. Well, yeah, you just, you just, you just threw a whole bunch of vomit on the floor, and we got to start cleaning that's it up. That's not vomit. That's all. Exactly. Okay? Those are all Mike, facts. Can you argue any of those facts? That Mister, I, yeah, no. Yes, I yes, we can. We can argue. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he won. He's a winner. Let's start he off when he can. It does not matter. If he had this luck, that luck, or whatever, he gets to the show. Well, no, that's what you're saying. He gets to the show. It's all dough. Oh, hold on. He gets to the show, and when he gets to the show, he takes the cake. Okay? Yes, he's lost a few. Oh, well. I didn't didn't even say that he lost a few. I didn't even say he lost a few. But I'm saying, I'm saying, because your argument is so so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's it's really not. This guy is the best. Yes, I didn't say he wasn't the goat. I said that you, you the oh. stats speak for themselves. The Super Bowl oh, speak for themselves. He's the goat. He's the goat. But hold on. Oh, okay, Gretzky's the best. But hold on. No. Different situation. He's way different goat. sport. Oh my God! No, it's not. This it is. The it's same not a different sport. Well, hang on. Hold on. Let, one has Ty, a puck. Saying, one has a football. Are you saying that Tom Brady oh, is the greatest of all time in in football? The stats. Why well, you, you can't argue with Super Bowls? So yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never heard I've, Ty admit that, and he did it on air. I've never, I've never. I think you owe another shot, said, my friend. I think I've it never might be said the, he is shot speaking right now. I've never well, said he is. I isn't. think honestly, I think that as again someone who would, I guess, be considered biased against Tom Brady or for Tom Brady, if you were to look at a traditional quarterback in the current generation, he does would not be considered a top quarterback. He, wouldn't be, he was drafted sixth round, 199. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not even a Russell Wilson. I love the story. He's not a Patrick Mahomes for sure, but yeah. he is able to adapt. He is able, He has the vision. He's not the fastest quarterback. He he's he's not the best at anything. Not, one, can, not one of those things. Hey, per, exactly. Exactly. Like you but said, he's not a, he's not he a Wilson or a Jackson. No, no, no. He no. He's... for the way that the game is played. Okay, he's not and the best. If you he's have not the key oh, oh. players around him. He's gonna win. And who does that? He's... Tom Brady does that. Tom Brady does that. Gretzky who brings does in that. these players? Who brings in the O line? That old man Brady. Old Brady's been an old man since he took over because he is very unathletic, as we've just oh. talked about. Doesn't matter though. Brady's the one that that he's the leader. one. That, he's the glue. He's the glue. You can bring in yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. I think. And if it's the, but <laughs> he if he took it's over the team from blood zone, won a Super Bowl. Okay, so what Bledsoe do you say about him many, getting many years? What many do you years. say about the Patriots going downhill? Okay, getting knocked out of the playoffs, their their division finally picked up, and he leaves that team and goes to another team where I said the only thing they were missing was a quarterback. They were already set up for success. I think though, Russell what I Wilson could have gone there. What I personally think, no, what I personally think is that he did that to shut silence the critics that kept on saying it's it's uh, Belichick. And not him, but that didn't That's completely why didn't silence them because the the Bucks have a way better roster, ten times the roster of New England. So is Brady's is Brady's contract up this year, or or has he renewed, or what's he going? Signed, on? He has a two year contract, and they're already looking to extend. 
So he got one more year and he's looking to extend it. And I heard, so he, well, let's talk about this for a second. So you guys saw the news this, this week that Dak Prescott just fucking signed a massive contract. Something 160 million, 126 million guaranteed over four years, and a 66 million signing bonus, the largest yeah. in NFL history. And if you look at the list, one of you guys sent it in our group of the yeah, highest paid you. quarterbacks. You don't yep. see Tom Brady's name on that list. Nope. Another reason why he's able to win because he wants to win. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the money. He's got no. a super. He's got enough money because he's, he's because he's, he's be forty three years old. You, you take this. No, but ask this question years ago when he's Dak's age, he'd be taking that contract, but he wasn't in a position to get that contract then. He didn't. Hmm. I would go back to when the, when they played the Giants. So when how long how far along that's that's yeah. What this is that's another 10 thing. Years so ago. the NFL constantly changes with their salary cap, the way they can. They can mess around with the payrolls. So Brady gets paid very well. Dan will tell you about this. They just work the contract around so that his base salary is not as much. And it's a lot of signing bonuses signing and bonus, uh, different payments. Money, otherwise. So you don't see him. It's true right now. Annually, he isn't making what they are because not against the cap. Just against the, cap. the team to sign more players. But he is. Okay. He's so, getting paid. So he's getting, he's getting paid. And he's, he's up there then, right? But what I'm saying is. The way the, the the NFL is right now, these quarterbacks are so hard to find. And Dak Dak won a playoff game. He beat the Seahawks in his one playoff win, unfortunately, a few years ago, wild card round. He hasn't won anything though, but he's shown that he can put up some big numbers. He's durable up until last year, so that's that's a little surprising given his injury last year. But I mean, it's it seems like every young QB is just going to get the next big contract, the next big contract. It seems like it's going that way. It went, wow. it went Russ Watson, Mahomes, Dak, the next, it's going to be Lamar Jackson next. You know, one thing that, that makes me, this contract makes me think of is, um, is, is Ezekiel Elliott's contract. Whenever that comes up, like, yeah, yeah running sucked. backs are a tough one, man. He sucked without, without Dak this year, right? He's on my damn fantasy. He sucked without, traded you without Dak. Also, their O-line was banged up all year. What made Zeke so good was Dallas, his offensive line, is it has been one of the best year after year after year because they drafted so high up for about three, four years, and they went offensive linemen three in a row. That's what we need to do. And so That's then, the but why? Contracts. What, why once when Dak goes, does Zeke because they all they have is the running games. Everyone's just focused on okay, you gotta stop the run, you stop the yeah, game. partially That's and the it. same. They they didn't have the, the the starting lineup in there, right? A lot of a lot but of that injuries. can't be good for your like uh you know, if you want to make money, right? <laughs> yeah, like they, running backs are such a they're almost like a dime a dozen. You can you can pick some like Aaron Jones, for example, was like a six round pick for the Packers. And now he's entering free agency and he's gonna get paid huge. Like you can just find them. But Dan, I have one question since we're uh, we got a little off topic there with us talking about Zeke. But how did you feel when Brady left the Patriots and went to the Bucks as a uh, diehard Patriots fan? I think that in terms of a professional athlete winning championships, he did everything that he needed to do. He did not need to leave the Patriots. He could have ended his career, ended his legacy. Whether he wanted to play another two years, that's fine. He could have played with the Patriots. Um, and he would have gone down as one of the, still the GOAT and retired. Yeah, with the obviously, same. yeah, yeah. Now, he, for his own personal reason, again, 
something that a lot of us don't understand, something that actual current players don't understand of what makes Brady Brady. He is obsessed with winning and obsessed with creating a legacy that will be untouchable. Fair and enough. I think Brady also, he knows that... Which is he, fair. Again, but... He is not the, the quarterback that you can have your entire team on your shoulders. And the Patriots have always, for the last 20 years, again, relied on Brady to hold no. the team up. They plugged players no, in. They plugged you know, defensive players in that were able to you know, learn the system. But at the end of the day, Brady was able to win the game with what he had. You take away all those pieces, and again, he's just a system quarterback that knows how to play the system. And he's a great leader. So, so it didn't bug he's, you that he left. Fantastic. Oh. Again, I, I think, I mean, I'm more You got a Bucks jersey fan. pretty quick, and you were really excited the whole tell, season. I, I knew you were going to ask that. The viewers can't see my my jersey, but it I can is see why you wore one that wasn't obvious because you don't want people to know. Uh, sorry, say that again. It it doesn't look obvious as a Patriot jersey. You could play it off as something else. You don't want to be too uh, the logo right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, saw the dark, I saw the logo. I saw it. I saw it. I'm just saying, as a as a Seahawk fan, if Russ went to the Bears, I would not become a Bears fan and cheer for him all season and buy, in the playoffs. Would you buy a uh, Wilson Bears jersey? Definitely not. No fucking chance. Really? Mike, would you? Say that again? Would you buy a Wilson Bears jersey if he gets traded to the Bears? Or signs oh, with no. the Bears? Yeah. We were talking last episode, I think it was, <laughs> about me at the bus. I'd be at the bus when, it, when every time he was in town, chirping him if he went to their fucking... Actually, he won a Super Bowl. I love him. I wouldn't buy a jersey, no, but, <laughs> but I would chirp him. I for sure chirp. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I I'd wouldn't. Pissed. Not, I, Dan, I'm not telling you to, to hate the guy, but it's just like I, I couldn't I couldn't understand jumping on another team and just cheering for them the whole season when your team was struggling. I don't know. I mean, I mean, uh, I just, you know, Alf- Alfonso Davies, when he went from the Whitecaps to the to Bayern Munich, I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, <laughs> that's I'm a little not, different situation. Well, it's not. <laughs> if you want to look at it that way, it's a player. If you like the player, you can cheer for the player. Just like how uh, – actually, this is right up up Dan's alley. Because you're um, a big Whitecap fan, right? Uh, well, I, I mean, I tried to get season tickets, but you two idiots uh, – Different, but but I, yeah. I get I get what you're saying. But here – okay, so – and, like, let's say this. Like, Dan, Dan can relate to this. Like, he's a big Portugal fan. Oh, right? Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo. So I was I was a Real Madrid fan for other reasons, not just for Ronaldo, but I love Ronaldo. Like if if you ask me Ronaldo between Messi, it's Ronaldo 100%. Uh, he's just better. He's, he's No way. Big. Oh, God. No Hold on. way. No, no, stop. you over there, stop, please. Absolutely. No, you guys no might way. have a segue for your next podcast. Stop right now. Ronaldo, right now Ronaldo, <laughs> Ronaldo is better. And when he went from Real, or sorry, when he went from Manchester United to Real, I was, first of all, I don't cheer for any English teams, but as soon as he went to Real, I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with this because I really like Ronaldo and I, I really dislike the English teams, but I can handle a Spanish team. Now that he went to Juve, I am not an Italian league fan, but I am a Juve fan now because of Ronaldo. And it's and for no other reason other than Ronaldo, and you know you sprinkle in a couple of creations in those on those teams, and obviously you know your heart's there. But same thing with Brady. Be honest, Brady the Croatians did it for you there. 
Well, a little bit of both, but <laughs> but you got you got well, Ronaldo played with Manjukic, right? So, you know, anyways, but you got um you got Brady. I was always a Brady fan. I didn't really care. I was a Kurt Warner fan too, by the way. And I was a fan of the way that they That's how played. much credibility he has. Oh, come on. You don't like Kurt, who doesn't like Kurt Warner? The guy was uh, working at Safeway. The next day, he's he's a Super Bowl champion. Like, who, yeah, that's come a on. great. Who story. doesn't like that story? Great story, oh, for sure. unbelievable. It's true. It's true. Gotta give it to you. Who doesn't? Who does not like? My heart melts when I hear that. That's that's unbelievable. But Brady going to Tampa? Yes. Okay. So I I act <laughs> to be completely honest. Like I am a Seahawks fan, but I was also a Pats fan. Like kind of. Yes, I appreciate yeah, goodness. Yeah, but. I'm a Seahawks fan, and I'm a I'm a I'm a Canucks fan, and anyone playing my teams, they can go fuck themselves. Okay, I hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we before we go, hold this on, Patriot hold on. Before revolution. we go, any no, I'm, I'm not before, a Patriots fan at all. First of all, no. Belichick, I like him. Go he's ahead. you know he's shares he shares the same heritage I do. I love that. So to speak, Carol. By the way, but the glass for can Tom I ask? Brady. I want to I want to talk to my guest here, Dan, and. Uh, What's your what's your favorite Brady moment? And we'll ask everyone here. What's what's everyone's favorite Brady moment? Maybe Ty, it's when his leg when he missed that season when he got injured. But uh, what's what's your favorite uh, Brady <laughs> moment there, Dan? Yeah. Well, I know what favorite, yours is, Mike. My favorite Brady moment. I actually got two. Um, the first one was where I was just starting to get into football, particularly into fantasy, and I was watching uh, with you guys Thursday nighter. It was uh, Pats against the Dolphins. At Wings in Burnaby, British Columbia. At Wings in Burnaby, yeah. And Brady, I had Brady. I drafted him, obviously. And I uh, had uh, Wes Walker. And he threw maybe a 10-yard slant in their own end zone. And Walker ran for 99 yards, longest touchdown of uh, uh, his career. And I was just amazed after that. That was what got me hooked on Brady. My best moment. And that helped you win your fantasy matchup that week. That, that helped me win my fantasy matchup. So I, that's what this is about, hey? It, it must have been against Ty. You remember it so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it probably was. So clearly, maybe I beat you. Um, my best moment... It was against me, but thanks for bringing up <laughs> those bad go. memories. Wow, you've been holding that in a long time. Um, my best memory as a Patriot fan in that I can remember, and you guys are going to love this one. Um, it was the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Um, I remember and someone I, I know was okay, at that game. Not even, cut him off. Cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> not, not even go. Give not, him the boot. Never mind the whole, uh, you know, you guys lost and whatnot. That sucks. But just the play the the two minutes leading up i remember you know uh wilson had a bunch of great passes they were moving the chains the one pass to jermaine curse you're gonna get me excited talking like this yeah i was there i was at that 33 yards like bobbles the ball we know mike that was right in front of me when that happened we know he's off his helmet and he ends up catching it on the ground like on the goal line Tell us how you felt for the majority Everyone of that Everyone in the world knows that Lynch is running the ball next. Like, my heart sunk. I was like, I cannot believe this. And There's he did. Not even he 30 did. seconds left. You know how it ended. 
everyone knows the story that that uh, well let me let me let me refresh your memory another super bowl that brady won them right you seem a little foggy everybody on that game that That was not my most come on brady okay that's true that's true govic falcons super bowl by all counts that was the best super bowl that was that was Brady's best Super Bowl, and he won them that Super Bowl by yeah. himself. So that's my most fondest memory of Brady. I, I think of that Falcons. as his To go back to Dan's, like Dan um, knows that I was a huge diehard Seahawks fan. We went down to the Super Bowl for that Super Bowl when they played Seattle. And I took my vacation. I took 10 days. We went down to Arizona with the family. Ty, you came down for the couple, a long weekend. My brother came down. We, Me and my wife, we went to the game. Ty, you were supposed to be at that game. But you didn't because you had an yep. issue with the tickets. Yeah, but yep. um, for another podcast, it was Ooh. a yeah, it was a great it was a great experience. The whole trip and everything like that. And I come back home. I mean, we lost the game. It was yeah, we were, I was super upset about it. You spent all this money and then that happened because the year before we were in New York and we won it. I thought you know it's it's, it's meant to be. But I come home to my front lawn. <laughs> spray painted by that man right there Dan Fernandez, the big Patriots symbol and, it, hey. and i didn't come home right away i came home like a week later I just sat there for like a week all my neighbors were like what the heck is going on do we on still here? have that picture somewhere i'm sure Dan has it when we launch the picture yeah when we launch the instagram page which we're gonna probably do soon we'll we'll put it up for you guys so you can see what we're talking about that should be that should be the uh the the picture of the podcast here Okay, but, yeah. but you guys haven't asked me about my favorite moment. I'm coming. I, nobody asked me either. But we're getting there. So, okay. Please, please tell me Ty, yours. Go so, ahead. Ty, Tyler, it's your turn. I'll go last. Mine's quick. My favorite Brady moment hasn't happened yet because he hasn't oh. retired. Oh. <laughs> Chris, and what's yours? That's probably my, like every other quarterback. They're waiting for Brady to retire. Every so other my, team. Yeah. yeah. So mine, mine actually was this last Super Bowl. I think this last Super Bowl, this last game that he won, I think that solidified him as the GOAT. And I think that, uh, that there's no more um, debate even at all. I think it, it, is, it is what it is. He's the best of the best. Best there ever was. Best there ever will be. I don't think uh, – I think we're, we're looking at a – you know, in hockey comparisons, we're looking at a Gretzky. There's nobody that's going to be able to ever – uh, come up with those numbers ever again. I don't Ma- think imagine if he wins happen. it again next year. Like that's that's what I'm waiting for. Holy shit! Right? Like you yeah. can't. I mean, no. It's Super it's, Bowls. I mean, uh, quarterbacks just don't last that long in the league. No. They're not that great for that long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, right now, we we chair. I mean, we celebrate our, our uh, quarterbacks that have won one. You know, like Favre, those guys. They won. We, we put them in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they know. won one. And they, it's... They've thrown like 50 touchdowns. Okay, <laughs> so I want to get back to Dan, you know. Um, Dan, I know you're a Canucks fan. We've, we've been to a few games together. We've watched a few games together. We've watched some big games. Mm-hmm. What is your fondest memory being a Canucks fan? Being a Canucks fan, fondest memory. Um, as I mentioned, I was a huge Luongo fan when he – came to the Canucks and my favorite fondest best memory of a Canucks fan was the 2007 Stanley Cup playoffs first round against the Dallas Stars game one it was the year 
Luongo got traded to the Canucks. His first career playoff game. I was at the game. 72 shots. Four overtimes. He was doing things I don't even know. Like I, You can't even bend that way. But he did everything he could. You want to talk about dancing on his head to save the puck from going in the net? 72 shots he saved. They won in overtime, four overtimes, 5-4. They ended up winning that series uh, in seven games. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I was a Lou fan from that day on. Was that the uh, take a shit one? Or? No. No, no, no. But I was definitely a Lou fan too, man, for sure. There's been times where like, you, I would concede the goal. Like, yeah, in the net, boom. And he just like... Somehow, some way, like makes the they, save, right? Look, look up the stats. They had penalty kills. They, I think, well, in the two periods, they were. I know. I, I remember that game. You're right, Dan. It was amazing. Unbelievable. What a trade, huh? What a trade that was for Tuzi. Yeah, that worked out well for us. <laughs> that, that was a that was a good. We trade. finally got our goalie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we need we need we need a good goalie for sure to make it run. That was and... that, that was that was you know that was I think that was the beginning of you know the Canucks you know, push where they were starting to finally get the pieces, you know, a few years later, you know, it was, they were in the Stanley cup, but you know, Kessler, that was his first year of the team. Um, you know, they had the Sedins, obviously Trevor Linden came for his second stint back in the, back in yeah. the Vancouver. That was fun. So that yeah, was no, that was, really that was my fondest memory. And obviously, you know, you got the Stanley cup run. We all remember that and all the daggers that we all felt in our hearts but for me, again, yeah, being a Canucks fan, I think that was the best memory. For me. So you you think that that's better than the Slay the Dragon? You honestly think that that like because you know what, Longo did make some huge saves um, in the Slay the Dragon series. I mean, I think it is for him. I mean, this is a guy, the only guy that I know that owns a Luongo jersey with the C on it. Yes, this is true. We mentioned that. <laughs> we mentioned that already. <laughs> I Did thought we? that was the best investment at that time. 10 yeah. like contracts yeah. 10 years 12 years captain first captain for a goalie i went and bought that thing the very next day i think yeah two years and, later. and that <laughs> kind of got you back into the canucks right dan that did that did yeah yeah because obviously so, you, you cheer for them you're there your home team but i mean that was what got you really back I like was, invested. Yeah. Me. i mean it, we've and yeah i know what you mean yeah we, sure. we've all first canucks jersey. actually here's a little trivia for you guys that is the one and only Canucks jersey that I own and that I purchased is that same Luongo with the C. Huh. Not I. I have a Sandine jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you guys, Whenever I hear that? about that jersey with, with Govic, I think of Ron Gini roasting you yeah. every, yeah. Day, every day, would, <laughs> every time he would see you. And this next, this next part here, I'm going to bring in Dan. Uh, a lot of you don't know, some of you do. We've traveled to a whole bunch of different cities to watch a bunch of different teams. We've been to Dallas. We've been to Green Bay, um, New England to see his beloved Patriots. There's there's countless games in, and cities we've been to. But Dan, what would be your favorite and most memorable sporting event you've been to live? Well, again, being a Tom Brady fan, I knew that was one of my bucket list uh, things that I needed to do, see Tom Brady live in New England, Gillette Stadium. Yeah, you, Ty, you were with me. We went to the game. 
uh we before that even we went we were lucky enough i'm not a huge baseball fan i'm not a blue jays fan or anything like that just so happened that the blue jays were playing in boston you know red Sox. you know huge stadium a lot of history it was just amazing to see that experience that the green monster um and seeing you know that whole history but then yeah the next day we went to the season uh home opener uh patriots against the kansas city chiefs uh right after they beat atlanta uh, in the super bowl the raising of the banners uh just the whole production the everything the atmosphere they lost the game yeah they got blown out um by Kareem Hunt on his back. I think <laughs> yeah. five touchdowns. His that launch season. launched him onto the scene. Hey? Yeah, his rookie season, first game. You know, like five touchdowns. Unreal. I played Even against him. I played against him on on fantasy that week. <laughs> Even though they <laughs> lost, it was it was an unbelievable experience. Um, just seeing the city, seeing everything, it was unreal. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Okay, well, we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Daniel Fernandez for joining us tonight. Uh, lots of good input. Uh, Dan, uh, what do you think? What do you got? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. It was uh, it was definitely a great experience. My first podcast, like I said. Uh, great convo, great discussions, great debates. Um, I definitely would love to be invited back on uh, for another episode in the near future. Well, my friend, we had some great content, great conversation, great debates, of course. Um, I'm not going to de- debate with you too too much. I am uh, on your side with the Brady stuff. Uh, I know Ty agrees with us on that. Um, but yeah, anytime, anytime. Uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, where can people find you? Where can we find you? Uh, I'm honest. I'm not too much of a big social media guy. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook, but I do have Instagram and it's at Dan Nandez 21. That is D A N N A N D E Z 21. Okay. Well, that's great Uh, for everyone out there. If you want to throw Dan, uh, hello or a friend request, uh, that is his handle. Please go ahead. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks for coming out, Dan. It was great talking to you, man. Always is. And uh, I'm sure we will we'll be in touch soon here. For sure. Thanks so much again, guys. Uh, stay safe and all the best. All right, Dan. Thanks for coming on. Thanks we'll for see coming you guys on. next week. Great wow. stuff. Great stuff. Well, that's our episode for tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, follow us, give us a rating, like us. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at West Coast Sport 9. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Reach out to us by email at westcoastsportsjunkies at gmail.com. We are also now on Instagram at west underscore coast underscore sports underscore junkies. Follow us there. Thanks for listening. Join us for the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.